Hello and welcome back to another episode of Work in Progress. I'm Kat and of course I'm joined here by Nicoletta. Hi. Um, so if you've ever thought to yourself that asking for help was a sign of weakness or you've caught yourself saying, I'd just rather do it myself, then today's episode is going to be very interesting for you. Uh, we are talking about hyper-independence and how it affects our lives and businesses. So we're going to first discuss what, are, what actually hyper-independence is and what are some common traits of hyper-independence people hyper-independent people, sorry. We will then share our stories and our relationships with hyper-independence and go over some ways to combat the negative aspects and also leverage the positive aspects. So as you can see today, we have a very special guest joining us. He's extra special because it's the first guest on the podcast. <laughs> Welcome, Mauro. How are you doing today? Hello, Kat. Hello, Nicoletta. I'm doing pretty good today. Good. Thank, Thank you, you so much me. for joining us. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Um, so to start off with, maybe you could introduce yourself to our listeners. Um, just let us know who you are, what you do in your business. And as a bonus question, uh, if money were no object, what would you be doing right now? Okay. Um, hello, uh, my name is Mauro. I run a solo agency uh, specializing in e-commerce website design for small sustainable brands. I'm currently located in Massachusetts. If money wasn't a problem, I would probably be designing robot robots uh, wow. that can do philosophy. <laughs> that okay. could do philosophy. <laughs> okay, interesting. I told you the answer to this question would be very interesting. So yeah, <laughs> why why do you see a future with philosophical robots? <laughs> or what because, gave you that idea? <laughs> yes, um, my vision in life is to help people. So mm. help people help themselves. So one idea that I thought how I can make an impact on people's life is to teach them introspection and philosophy is such a great medium to do that. A lot of people have a misconception of what philosophy is and what mm -hmm. it can do for your life. So I thought it was an interesting idea and combining it with technology like mm -hmm. robots it's a interesting combination and I have many reasons why I'm choosing robots and mm -hmm. philosophy but yeah I my main goal is to help people that's why I interesting so maybe the idea behind it is uh, to make people sit down and think for themselves a little bit yes okay yeah. Yeah. I have a lot I like of, I've thought about this a lot I have a whole vision about it in fact uh I don't know if I should say this, but this is a sneak peek mm -hmm. in a couple of years. So after my agency has grown and it can be independent of me, I will be starting a, a robots and philosophy company. Okay. I mean, it's going to be like that. Okay. I'm going to be strategic about it. But Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. my God. Can't wait for the future interview with you then. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> in five years we'll have you on again and it will be a different subject <laughs> yes and that work in progress would be wow yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah i'm prepared even now in fact uh even before i became a ux designer it's mm -hmm. been my plan so oh, everything okay. has been planned out okay yeah yeah oh super interesting well thank you for sharing with us so what really is hyper independence yeah, I can maybe take on here because I was like first 
for my first thought when I saw the topic, I was like, but what is hyper-independence, right? I know I'm independent, but am I hyper-independent? Where does it stem from? Is it psychological? Is it a trauma response? Is it something good? Is it something bad? Is it negative? Is it positive? What is it? Mm. So on a first glance, anything that is on a scale from on the, on the balance scale, on one side or the other, obviously is not a good thing. So if you're independent, that can be like viewed as a positive trait. But hyper-independence, I think, of what I understood through the research is not as good. <laughs> so mm. in, in general, it is like a trauma response. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Mauro, you're a specialist in this topic. <laughs> But it's like a trauma response, uh, maybe caused by abuse, neglect, maybe some loss or fear. But I think deep down that uh, hyper-independence comes from lack of trust and losing the trust in people and relying on other people. But if you want, you can uh, give us another explanation or maybe a different point of view on that topic. Yes, Um I can share my experience of what I think hyper-independence is and where it comes from. So for me, it has to do with not having people I can rely on. So ever since I was a kid, I didn't have anyone I can trust or rely on. As you mentioned, mm -hmm. it tends to be a trust issues too. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's been, yeah, it's a... It's a trust issues and I didn't have anyone to rely on ever since mm -hmm. I was a kid. And uh, I would say that's where it generally comes from. Uh, I mm -hmm. didn't grow up with my uh, father or mother. So I didn't have any solid uh, parental figure or someone that I can look up to or rely on. I would say that's where it generally comes from. And it makes you adapt to your environment by yourself and only relying on yourself because you're the only constant thing and mm -hmm. everything else is feels out of control and uh, mm -hmm. unreliable from your perspective. So I would say from my experience, that's, that's where my hyper-independence comes from. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So no if you have to choose uh, of those things, you would say neglect maybe? I wouldn't say necessary neglect more like for example I'm a very people person I observe people a lot and if people aren't stable or uh, constant so you can rely on them you can trust mm -hmm. them you can approach them I mm -hmm. wouldn't do it so if someone isn't reliable trustworthy I wouldn't mm -hmm. trust them even if they don't neglect me or anything like that but they're not yeah. reliable so I would yeah. say it's having not having someone or like someone you can depend on you can go to to soothe you to take care of you to say it's okay or anything like that I would say it's mm. that that lack of stable parental figures yeah definitely when I was researching it one thing that stood out to me was that yeah it's a stress or trauma response but that trauma mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily have to be so um, extreme like it doesn't have to be a blue abuse or really horrible neglect but mm -hmm. it can also be just sort of day-to-day -day things that yeah if your parents weren't uh, fulfilling your emotional needs with them mm -hmm. then you would start to feel this sense of neglect or because I guess we feel things differently as children mm -hmm. um, I think one example I read was even if 
you know, you go to your parents and ask them to help you like open, let's say a bag of candy or something. And they say like, no, not right now, I'm too busy. Obviously this is not a big deal. Um, but as a child, you might see that as, you know, if that happens multiple times, you might see that as like not people not wanting to help you. And that's where the hyper-independence would come from that you feel like you have to do everything all the time yourself. I just wanted to say, yeah, it becomes kind of like a habit pattern. You know, we start learning what response we get from the questions we ask and the needs we search to be fulfilled mm. from external figure, that being parent or a peer or a friend, friend yeah. <laughs> or, or anybody. And you just like, okay, you, you are not uh, like keeping with the consistency. You're not giving me trust. You're not giving me what I need. And then I will do it myself. I will figure it out. And then you kind of closed in and mm. like start problem solving and saying to yourself, okay, how can I do it? Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. So Mara, when we initially talked about hyper-independence, it was one of our in, on one of our Instagram posts. And mm -hmm. you mentioned that although this personality trait is a strength, it can also be a weakness that um, can hold you back from, you know, pursuing something 100%. Uh, yeah. When you, could you take us back to when you first started noticing that this was a trait in your life and it was having a negative impact? Do you remember a time when you were like, oh, I need to change or like, this is not working? <laughs> Yes, I, I'll i share a story of when the hyper-independence first showed up or when I realized it was a problem and what effect it had, it had on me personally. So my freshman year in college, my first semester, I went to, I was living on campus mm -hmm. and one of the issues that came up was finance and I was looking at my finance and I noticed that I had enough to cover for uh, I thought it was enough to cover for my semester, but it was just half of what I saw that would cover my semester. And when time when time was coming to to pick classes, I realized my account was on hold and I couldn't pick class and I owed college about five thousand dollars. And it was in that moment that I felt a lot of stress and because in that moment I realized that I had to go home and I wasn't prepared for that. I wasn't prepared. I didn't have a future plan. Usually I prepare way in advance and try to have a plan in mind. But in that moment, I didn't have a plan because I didn't know what's going to, what's going to happen. And I didn't tell anyone. I didn't tell anyone that mm -hmm. I had to leave campus and go home and my college life was over. Mm -hmm. And I was feeling a lot of stress. And it was in that moment that I started to try to problem solve it. And I was looking for a solution to how I can deal with this. First, I was thinking military, I can go into military and they can pay it. And, but there was a lot of issues with that. And I was like a no for me. And then I started, because I was feeling so much stress, I started looking for a solution mm -hmm. to help me with all this stress. And uh, it was that time that I first started meditating. And coincidentally, it was that around the same time that a friend uh, asked me to go to the gym with him. And I went to the gym with him and I was meditating, going to the gym. But now once did I ask anyone for help, the thing is, it, it's not that I thought about it and didn't ask. It didn't even cross my mind to ask for mm. help. For example, that friend was in the military mm -hmm. and he was 
and they paid for his scholar, for his financial aid. And he invited me to the gym. We were going to the gym. I was talking to him, but it never crossed my mind to ask him for help. I was feeling so much stress and I was looking yeah. for a solution here and there, but it never crossed my mind. I didn't even tell my family to. And at the end of the semester, you know, I had I told my parent, my mother, at the last day that I no longer have school and I have to go home. And she asked me how much I owe. I said 5000 and I went home. And after that, I immediate, my immediate thought was to move out. So I was 18, no more school. I was moving out. I immediately got a job at a factory. I was working. And as I was working, I was thinking about how to make more money in my future. It was that it was the round same time I was thinking about my future too. Mm -hmm. I never done this before. No gym, no meditation, no future thinking. It was yeah. happening just around those couple of months. Mm -hmm. And it was that time that I started reading to about my first book, which is Thinking Go Rich. And my second book was How to Make Friends and Influence People. Mm. And as I was working, I was thinking of since I was good at cooking, I can open a restaurant. And I was thinking of opening a, a chocolate cafe. Okay. And even before I was a designer, I was thinking about the customer experience, the environment <laughs> what it would look like. I even started sketching out some logo for my cafe and everything mm. like that. And one day uh, throughout those months, the school called me. They asked me why I'm not, uh, why I haven't picked class. They noticed I haven't dropped out, but I haven't picked class. I told them that I owe money and I can't pick class. And they told me school has, my school has a financial uh, aid where they can help me with, uh, with some finance. If I can pay them $1,000 right away, they can unlock my account and I can pay class for next semester. And I immediately took their offer and immediately paid that $1,000. And I also immediately bought a new phone for $1,000. Before then, I was saving every penny for this restaurant mm -hmm. chocolate cafe that I was going to open up and only spend money on my books. Even though I had game slication, I didn't even play, uh, bought games because I was saving out to move out and open mm -hmm. my restaurant. But Immediate when the school uh, called me, I immediately took the offer. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you guys why I took it in a little bit. And yeah, the phone that I bought for a thousand still have it. Oh, still. wow. Nice. Black, <laughs> real nice. But yeah, I immediately took out. And the thing is here, even though hyper independence made me do all these things it stressed me out it made me think about the future it made me do things to balance my emotion since I was higher and it made me not ask and because I didn't it didn't cross my mind to ask help for help I was solving my own problem was doing all this but at the same time it puts a lot of pressure on on the person mm -hmm. it was put a lot of pressure on me that's why the moment the school called me I took their offer because it was kind of a immediately stress relief. And mm -hmm. at that time, you can't feel it, the stress because you're doing so many things mm. and you're thinking a lot. And But the fact that I took their offer without second thought, I opened the computer immediately, <laughs> showed me the kind of pressure 
that I had on myself and what to yeah. do. And then I went to school and uh, yeah, that's oh, how that was the first Weird. time hyper independence showed itself mm -hmm. in the most uh, intense way in my life. I, would say. I have a question. Yes. Did, did anybody in your surroundings uh, understood what you're going through? Did anybody mm -hmm. notice or ask you, Mauro, what's going on? What's yeah. happening with you? Yes, uh, that's the thing about hyper independence. Um, I do want to talk about that part even more because people don't notice the hyper independence issue because it doesn't show up. Uh, outside it showed up in results mm. i was reading meditating exercise i was mm. walking to planet fitness half an hour and i would come back from an outside perspective i was doing pretty good mm -hmm. so yeah. it wouldn't be something that people notice mm -hmm. unless they actually talk to you when you tell them mm -hmm. and yeah. as a hyper independence person i wouldn't tell anyone so it's not something people around me notice not even once it wasn't yeah. even there. I think that's one of the really common traits that you don't confide in people because you kind of think that oh, I have to fix it on myself so what's the point in even talking to someone or asking for help um, mm -hmm. I'm interested with the friend who you said he was in the army and you were going to the gym with him did you tell him after like after you had accepted the money and like gone back to school did, was he aware of any of this no I never <laughs> told him <laughs> yeah even to this day uh, the only people that know this is you guys Wow! Oh, wow! <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, yes. I don't tell anyone my problems ever. Oh, wow! You know, it's a podcast, podcast, by the way. <laughs> yes. So this okay. is exclusive. Wow. wow! Well, thank you so much for sharing. It's our yeah. honor. It's our honor to open up so deeply. It's like wow. Yeah, but I I'm definitely think... talk about it though. Yeah, I think a lot of people will connect with it. Like even when I've been going through like researching it, there's so many things that then stand out to me more that I'm like, oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Kat, um, do you have a story that you can tell of your kind of independent <laughs> Like where do well, you fall? Yeah, so for me, it was more, um, it's my hyperindependence affected kind of my ability to form like deeper relationships or want to form relationships with people. Um, so, and I think it's based on a couple of, two things mainly. Uh, so first of all, I grew up in Dubai in the nineties and during this time there was nothing really there. So people were coming, moved there on more of a contract basis. So like six months to a year. So this meant that like during my primary school, all of my friends would only last for like six months to a year. So growing up, I just assumed that that's how relationships and friendships were. Uh, then when I got a bit older, I did make a permanent group of friends, but then uh, when I was 14, my parents decided that I should move to Australia and finish my high school there. So they stayed in Dubai and I moved by myself. Um, and basically this was a very quick process. So they decided that I had to move. Um, and then within a month, I was already there. There was not mm -hmm. really much time for me to get used to the idea or be okay with it. I was really pissed at my parents. It wasn't- <laughs> You didn't have time to process it even, right? Exactly. And 14 year old me was not happy. Like I had no, I think for me, this felt like a betrayal. So because I had no say in the, uh, the decision at all, and it was such a quick thing that I was just like, oh my God. Um, so I see now that it was a really good decision, but because moving to a country, new country alone, like when you're younger, of course, it gives you that confidence later. Um, but yeah, I definitely think it was maybe that kind of 
So growing up, seeing very short friendships and then moving to another place, then I kind of just assumed that that's how relationships and friendships would be, that I was always going to move somewhere. So what's the point in really developing a stronger friendship? Wow. Um, so, and this is interesting because I kind of only had this realization earlier today when I was writing notes for this. So because I saw other, yeah, it's like a free therapy. It's great. Yeah, I'm telling <laughs> <Yeah>. you. Yeah. <laughs> so because I saw other relationships as kind of, uh, disposable or non-permanent I saw myself as like that friend when I would meet people like I didn't understand why people would want to get to know me better because I was like well I'm just gonna move on <laughs> um, and I remember one friend especially when I was maybe 22 that she was always like yeah let's go for coffee let's go for coffee everything and I was like I don't know why she's like what I didn't really understand that but like we're still friends now which is really great so yeah that's my sort of story with hyper independence and then Later on, like my late 20s, I noticed that uh, my connection with people was kind of surface level and maybe people were putting more effort into friendships with me than I was. So mm. then I had a change and I was like, okay, I need to also be a good friend to other people. So, you know, expecting them to be in my life for a longer time or just putting a bit more effort. So, yeah. <laughs> and how about you, Nicoletta? Oh my god, I just I'm still thinking about your story. Oh. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. I was oh, like I sorry Mauro, mm. I was having flashbacks when you told your story. I have flashbacks when Kat started her story. <laughs> I'm like, wow, where should we start? <laughs> oh <laughs> uh, that's something that I can relate to, Kat. Um mm. I know what you're talking about. The relationship feels like a string instead of a rope. So it's mm -hmm. very tiny and mm -hmm. it's so easily to break the bond between you and other people. And you often don't see the problem in it. Mm -hmm. And yeah. you often also ask yourself, why do people put effort into, yeah. you know, inviting us? And we don't think of that as a normal way. Human beings are supposed to bond and talk to other human beings. It's something yeah. that I relate to and notice a lot in my life too. So. You know, because how old were you when you moved to Boston? I came to the U.S. when I was just about twelve. So oh, wow. two. So I came to the U.S. at eleven. Two days later, I was twelve. So practically twelve years old. Yeah, very yeah. young though. Twelve is yeah. yeah. <laughs> By then, I was uh, all the traumas was already there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You don't even know like, when yeah. it starts. <laughs> yeah. I recently realized that I had a fear trauma and uh, remember that I had a stutter because my mom told me two years ago what uh, experience I had as a two-year-old baby. So you never know when it, the trauma starts. <laughs> but yeah. in terms of hyper-independence and independence, when Mauro said, moving uh, in young age and not having someone to rely on and to look up to. Yes, it's something similar. I was, uh, I'm, I'm the middle child, so I was taking care of my little brother. So I was the mother replacement in the house mm. and I was doing the cooking, the cleaning, the groceries and the organizing of the whole household because I was the only one left at home. So that started way earlier than it's supposed to. And mm -hmm. at 14, I left uh, for, um, it's not a student, but it's like a high school, maybe a dormitory, a high school, mm -hmm. high school dorm. 
And there I first time experienced to have my own uh, bed and kind of room, although I was sharing it with a few other girl, girls. <laughs> and then I started to develop like real uh, women connections and friendships. And um, it was all good and everything was great. But I always felt like one part of me, I will never like share fully and completely. And that part was feeling like I need help and someone can uh, see that I'm struggling like like you mm -hmm. said nobody would know until I tell them and when I tell them they were like what the fuck are you saying <laughs> why didn't you say sooner or something like that yeah. but I wasn't on the hyper independence scale I was like on an independent one and I was like let, let's see what happens let's see if I say something to someone how they would react and am I thinking straight or this is not normal let let me see what's happening and when I shared like money struggles and stuff like that they always wanted to give me money but uh, also growing up I didn't see any good examples in money and the whole relationship with money so I whenever I took uh, a loan from someone I my only stress and goal was to return the money as quickly as possible so I don't have any burden on myself and that feeling of oh my god oh my god uh, someone is relying on me to to give them back the money and that kind of feeling of feeling like I'm I owned owe them something I don't know how to explain it um is it debt yeah <laughs> the feeling of yeah debt was like <laughs> kind of suffocating me and that's why I was like always not like asking for help or uh, saying out loud my problems and my struggles was like my last 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 resort mm. so that's where the hyper independence comes but little by little I um I was like okay let's let's try and open up let's try and uh, share my experience with other people and just talk about them even though I will not take their help I just want to say it out loud and see what will happen maybe even just talking about it might help me so that's how from hyper independence I started to lean to independence but until mm. this day I had have hard time asking my friends for favors for example to sign a paper for me or I don't know lend me something for two hours I'm like no yeah. I, I'll figure it out I'll, I'll get something else to in, instead of asking for help from someone so close to me so yeah yeah no definitely I mean I also I feel like such a burden whenever I even ask the smallest favor to people or the thing of opening up and like asking for help on an emotional level <laughs> I still find it so hard and I feel like I'm being so um needy even if I say like oh I'm having like a bad day or something I'm like oh my god like stop she you know they don't need your problems <laughs> it's just so extreme and it's so bizarre yeah. yes yeah. yeah, open up to other people does feel very hard when you've been depending on yourself uh, mm. for a long time. So it's a habit. Sometimes for me personally, it doesn't even cross my mind to help other to ask people for help. It's just like I have a problem. I'm stressed. I got to figure this out on my own. Yeah, so, <laughs> there's that habit of never asking. So it's a it's a practice. So practicing. Mm talking about it uh, does help definitely so of course this kind of feeling of being too independent can affect our lives also in the entrepreneurship space because it's really important to be networking and you know connecting with other people and helping each other as well have you both of you found that it's negative or positively affected you in business 
Yeah, I can go first. Yes, you so, can. So, <laughs> yeah, it's both. For me, it's been both. It's been positive and there are some side effects to it. Since I've started my entrepreneurship, it has appeared more often. So before my college story, I didn't feel it as much because there was balance there. And then there was that school up with other things that I was doing kept me balanced. But since I started entrepreneurship, I have no more school and I'm working on my own business. It has shown up a lot. And when I started, it did make me rush and want result really quick. So it made me super impatient, which made me stress throughout the process. And oftentimes when I get stressed, I tend to procrastinate a lot and not mm -hmm. do work. There's project that I need to finish. There's people that I need to, you know, task, business tasks that I need to do. And I just procrastinate on it. And it becomes a cycle of, mm -hmm. you know, hyper-independence telling me, oh, you need this result right now. You need money for freedom mm -hmm. because money equals freedom yeah you need now you need to do it now find it and I put a lot of pressure I get stressed and I get stressed and I get overwhelmed and I procrastinate and then I it goes down I do it again it was it becomes a cycle um as Mark Manson said he has an interesting saying for this it becomes a down, downward spiral to hell yeah. He has an yeah. interesting saying for us. So it's just a cycle that continues to continue. And yeah. Um, yeah, and overall, that's how it kept me, you know, um, it kept me, it hold me back as an entrepreneur mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. it, it rushed, it made me stress, it put a lot of pressure on me. But another positive uh, aspect of it is as an um, entrepreneurship is difficult and you do need a lot of determination and mm -hmm. You need to be able to be a problem solver and you need to be able to consistently improve as you are running a business, especially mm -hmm. alone. So hyper-independence does keep you going. It makes mm -hmm. you not quit and you have a goal. It, it motivates you. And another thing about hyper-independence, it, it rewards you when mm -hmm. you are independent, when you solve the problem by yourself. Mm -hmm. So there's that mm -hmm. positive aspect of it where it keeps you going, it keeps you not quitting, it keeps you trying again and again. And uh, as you go along and continue to work in your business and you slowly, I slowly started to adapt to my hyper-independence. And mm -hmm. I could say that I have or overcome it. Uh, yeah, we can talk about that next completely overcome it or partially <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah it's still there it's mm. the hyper independence is still there you know i'm still hyper independent i'm still independent and like to be independent want freedom mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it's not something that's overwhelming me anymore it's not putting that stress on me in me on mm -hmm. me as mm. a an entrepreneur anymore and i'm yeah. much more patient and calm and yeah I would say that's, that's why I say I overcame it, but it's still there. Of yeah, course, the no, balance. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Would you say that also it made you uh, get that self-discipline that a soldier would? Um. Yes, and it's it's hard to say about the discipline part because mm -hmm. I would say hyperindependence pushes you, but it also leads to burnout and crashing. So even mm -hmm. though you're doing this, that, and that, and from an mm -hmm. outside perspective, 
it does seem good but mm -hmm. all that pressure just brings you all the way down and mm -hmm. stops again so it doesn't build discipline in a true sense since mm -hmm. you're you know consistently but then going down it's like the cycle mm -hmm. yeah I think it's really interesting how you said that these traits are good for entrepreneurs because yeah when we start off we're by ourselves probably you know doing something out of the box like no one's really supporting us and you have to have that perseverance to keep going um I never thought about it to be honest in the sense of like being stressed or but I guess you're right because you put all the stress on yourself and you don't open up to other people um one of the things you said with the reward so you said as a hyper independent person when you then achieve something you get this reward when because this sort of um ladder you know that we're always climbing is something I struggle with a lot that when I get to the top I don't feel that reward because there's still more steps to keep going up um so for me I'm trying to put more of the reward in like my life outside of business you know like yeah business is good but I need to focus on the relationship part or like out things outside of my life what do you think so that's my reward instead of like more business what do you think of that concept <laughs> yeah um I would say for me the reward part it's more like the action instead mm. of getting to the goal so yeah, okay. if I have a problem and I solve it all by myself without asking any person for help the mm. action itself feels rewarding and it feels good to do it because you are relying on yourself. Mm. And uh, as you reach your goal, there's always an ultimate goal and you always want to do more and more. So I would yeah. say in the reward part for hyper-independence, it's more about the action of doing something by yourself instead of mm. achieving that goal per se. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The process. Yeah. Mm. I think there can also be a bit of reward as well with kind of asking for help and receiving it from someone else. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because then, I mean, I guess then it feels good to confide in someone and then you form that bond, I guess, a bond with them, which mm -hmm. is also a nice thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I have uh, a story about that one too. So my first time that I was social was back in that I was interacting with people and was, you know, talking more with mm. people was when I did a mentorship program in college, my sophomore year. I also did in my junior year. And it was a mentorship where you mentor a group of college kids, mentor some teenagers to have risk of not graduating from high school so we get together we uh so one uh two pair of uh college student mentors about 10 10 high school kids mm -hmm. and as i was doing that uh a mentorship program in college i noticed when i came back when it was over i was looking through the picture i was taking with the kids mm -hmm. i noticed that i had a genuine smile and oh. that genuinely surprised me because until then, I can't remember the last time that I actually smiled or had a smile on my face. So <laughs> when I looked at the picture, I was surprised that I actually smiled and I was smiling. That. And it made me realize that me interacting with people and having fun with people, you know, 
kids are talking to you, they're depending on you mm -hmm. and you're doing things with them and you're socializing was very good for me. And it did make me open up a lot. And it noticed that it made, I mean, it made, uh, it made me realize that, you know, having that social bond with other people isn't the bad thing. And it, it was, I don't know what to say, but it meant a lot to me mm -hmm. just from that smile. So yeah, I would say that uh, social aspect is still there as a hyper-independence. You might not think that interacting with people or having fun with people or depending on people can be rewarding or uh, be any benefit to you. You tend mm -hmm. to think of people as in terms of benefit and not benefits. And uh, yeah, mm -hmm. when I was doing that, even though I didn't realize as I was doing the mentorship, it was really good for me. And it was rewarding because I had a genuine smile on my face. Yeah. And that, and that feeling that someone is looking up to you for answers. Mm. Yes. That it's you're really... being useful, helpful. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, the best experience ever. Yes, it yeah, was very definitely. fun to do that mentorship. In fact, I would continue to do it if I discovered my freshman year mm -hmm. until my senior year, I would do it over and over again because it was so enjoyable. And it was mm. good to have fun with these kids that were misunderstood, trouble kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah. At risk. They they really open up to you too and they look yeah. up to you. They challenge you. You had fun. It's mm. it, it's fun to hang out with teenagers and I think you yeah. learn a lot. I think through teaching, we teach so much from them about ourselves and others in general. I think one once I discovered that through teaching, I'm learning even more than when I'm learning on my own. Mm. I, I fell in love and signed up for so many other interactive um, meetings and places where to go and see and learn from other people and kids, of course. So I completely resonate with what you're saying and that genuine smile and feeling like just blessed you know yes yeah definitely it kind of makes everything more meaningful I guess um for me when I first started with sort of like entrepreneurship or freelancing mm -hmm. I was so secluded I guess and like I kept to myself like I didn't reach out to anyone on the internet and like I was still enjoying it but not as much and now kind of in the past year or so that I've been reaching out to people, meeting people online, and it's just so much more meaningful, like it's so much more fun as well. And as you say, I've learned so much just from talking to other people about myself and about work as well. Yeah, yeah. it's definitely better. <laughs> yes, sharing is caring, truly. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. I also had like that period of time where I was like a passive entrepreneur like only mm -hmm. from the inside taking all the information not putting much out not connecting much as with people online not yeah. trying to build a relationship because all my childhood my mom was like don't trust anybody especially mm -hmm. women they always yeah. want to yeah honestly that was the my <laughs> how to say parenting advice don't trust mm -hmm. anybody everybody's trying to screw you over and that created trust issues in me yeah. and that uh, stemmed like my independence stems also from that and I was like always thinking why 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 do I believe this when I haven't experienced anything bad yet like mm. why would I trust someone from a past generation and their experience to be true for me and my experiences let me give this a go yeah and definitely. I think the independence and the hyper independence uh, really uh 
started to uh, trigger my thinking when I was like, okay, why wouldn't I accept help from someone who is offering me a job? And my first response is alarms and being like, no, 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 you cannot take this because it's offered from someone else and you didn't do it yourself. I'm like, what? Why? Why wouldn't I give this a go? Because it comes externally and I didn't uh, initiate it. Like, why wouldn't I go to the interview, do the discovery call or meet with that person and see what they have to offer to me as a help or just as an advice. And it made me think that where where the independence and hyper-independence starts and stops. And I was like, okay, let me, let me like journal on this and try to trust people more and stop listening to that negative voice that is telling me to not trust anybody because that's mm. obviously not the right way to go about anything in life yeah no I definitely think it's important to try and figure out why you're feeling this untrust because once you know the root of the mm-hmm. distrust of other people then you can try and solve it um, but I think yeah if people are feeling too independent then it's a good way to just reach out slowly and try to trust people with very small things um, Mm -hmm. to start off with or like asking someone to go for coffee for example it's very low risk or asking a very small favor you know Mm -hmm. it's low risk but you're putting your trust into someone else so then they can repay sort of repay you and like make how do you say make give you the trust (laughs) yeah yeah Mm, exactly yeah Yeah, so it's like baby steps to build that up as well. Um, So in this past week, we asked our audience about their relationship with Mm hyper-independence and the effects that it's had on their lives and how they've overcome it. And we had uh, some really interesting responses. So the first one uh, was from someone who has also moved around quite a lot and they don't really have a home place. Mm -hmm. So they said they've struggled a bit with um, forming connections as they were growing up. But they said, this is how they've overcome it. I've built a strong friend circle. So if I get a bit far out to see, they call me back. I can easily get caught up with ideas and projects and end up working away for ages without taking time out to connect with my mates. So they are good at reeling me back into earth. Um, So I really love that he obviously knows that he's too hyper-independent and he shared Mm -hmm. that with his friends. But then his friends are also understanding of that. So Mm -hmm. when he's getting too secluded too by himself they're like hey come out for come out meet us <laughs> which I think is so important I need everybody who is uh, like into entrepreneurial circles or working on, on on himself by himself needs um an anchor outside mm. of work that can pull him in and be like hey you didn't check on checked with me in a while what's going on let's go out let's see something together let's do something like don't close yourself so quickly it's someone to just check on you and be like you know what it's time (laughs) (laughs) take a break yeah I think that's really good to have a group of friends that can call you when Mm -hmm. they they know you and they know your you know your tendency Mm -hmm. and behavior having those kind of people around you I think is really lucky for that person and mm. it's really good and yeah I think everyone should have uh, a friend even just one person that knows your habits they know that for example you're stubborn and you like to yeah. do this it's like no you gotta <laughs> stop being stubborn right yeah. having someone there to watch I'm out for you is really good and yeah, yeah. and you the same for them it's it can be really good friendship mm-hmm. and i think it's overall in the concept of friendship that's 
what friends should be like exactly yeah. what they should do for each other yeah but accepting yeah, of the one. imperfections as well yes yeah <laughs> um, Any other okay questions? so the next one was i see it as an advantage it's allowed me to get out of my comfort zone effortlessly which mm -hmm. i feel like we can all probably can uh, relate to <laughs> Well, yeah, it brings out a lot of confidence and I think uh, self-esteem and power because you know that well, if you want something, you just have to go and get it. There's mm, no other exactly. way. There's no yeah. reliance. There's no victim playing, waiting for something yeah. to happen. You just go and get it. There's no other way. That's true. I think one of the greatest advantage of being a hyper independent is you don't wait for a white knight mm -hmm. to come help you out in any mm -hmm. moment at any time you're feeling uh you're feeling down you pick yourself up you have a problem you go yep. after it and your brain is always because you're so dependent on yourself your brain is always strategizing and problem mm -hmm. solving and you don't uh, as you mentioned play the victim and mm -hmm. you don't say oh it was that person that made mm -hmm. it you think of yourself say exactly. how can I get this so yeah. I can see how that person can think uh, this as a really good advantage mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah definitely uh, good and then the last one was uh, definitely it's a good and a bad thing it can be hard to let go of control oh, yeah. uh, which I find super interesting when I was researching a topic also control is actually a lack of trust in others also that mm -hmm. like you don't trust anyone else to do things right or you don't trust them to get it done so you're just mm -hmm. like oh, I'll do it myself and you really need to be in control a lot um mm -hmm. for me I also used to prefer to be in controls in sit so, uh, social situations so I would like to when I would go somewhere know like who was going to be there what we were going to be doing so that mm -hmm. I could prepare in my mind like what was going to happen and mm -hmm. then I only a few years ago noticed that that's actually like a huge insecurity for me because mm -hmm. I I'm scared of like the unknown when it comes to social situations so then I had to stop like myself preparing so much when I'd go and like meet someone and just let it go <laughs> oh. okay yeah, and that's something looked. yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that's something I can also relate to uh, preparing beforehand I like to think of it this way. I'm preparing for every possible contingency. That's mm -hmm. how I like to tell myself. And yeah. <laughs> a way to maintain control in situation. And when you do that, you often become rigid. And mm -hmm. basically 100% of the time, no matter how logical or intelligent, how much you plan, even if you know probability statistics and you're yeah. calculating... <laughs> Your plan will not go as yeah. planned. Yeah. There's going to be areas where you didn't anticipate something and it's going to throw you off and you're going to mm -hmm. feel awkward. You're going to feel out of place. You're going to feel out of control. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. if you just went there with just an open mind and just basic, oh, I'm going to say do this, just, just a general goal and no specific plan you'll mm -hmm. notice things go much smoothly and mm. you actually like the result at the end of the the day instead of when you plan everything mm -hmm. meticulously and at the end of the day you're not gonna like the result even if it went mostly according to your plan mm. it's not gonna be a good yeah. day 
Well, uh, I like planning ahead as well. And I also agree with Kat that when I go somewhere, <laughs> I, I have to have a backup plan. What if I don't like it there? What do I do next? So yeah. <laughs> I always have a plan B and I'm like, if that place is not for me, I will just do something else. And I already have it in my mind before I left the house. Mm. Uh, but I think you're right, Mauro. There is should be days when you just be like, I'm going with the flow today. I don't want to think about what will happen and who I will meet and what I'm supposed to do, what I'm supposed to say. I'll just go and see. And whatever, whatever happens will be good, period. Yeah, and I think exactly. everybody needs to be spontaneous in certain situations and let go of that control and leaning towards the hyper-independence. Mm. Yeah, you don't have to plan everything 100%. Sometimes you can just go with the flow yeah and it doesn't matter also if it's the result is not perfect you know like maybe you'll yeah. make a mistake or fuck something up but it's still going to be a good day at the end of it you know like yes. just enjoy whatever happens <laughs> okay so thank you so much for joining us today Mauro um yeah it was amazing to hear all your thoughts about this and um before we finish up is there any sort of service or upcoming launch that you want to share with our audience today uh yes you've got planned in the next few weeks Yes, uh, my website is coming up live again, and oh. I so I'm hoping to get it done by Monday. It's a okay. lot of work, so another uh -huh. challenge for the weekend. Let's <laughs> make so, you find me. <laughs> yeah, and you can find me at my name, so maudesmidu.com, and you can find my website. And I offer website design, e-commerce website design, and UX audit. Mm -hmm. And if you need any of service like that or you know someone who needs a service mm -hmm. like that just you know send them my way and yeah, yeah they'll know he what knows to do all about e-commerce so contact me. yes <laughs> this is your person guys this is your person <laughs> yeah <laughs> also so. if uh, if you have to leave a question for someone um i mean advice maybe not so much a question but for someone who is struggling with this what would be your advice like where should they start um, it goes back to practicing and mm -hmm. introspection. Okay. Hyperdependence makes you, it's not always a problem or you don't see it as a mm -hmm. problem. Mm -hmm. But it's if you can introspect on it and uh, mm -hmm. analyze how, what, your behavior, mm -hmm. you'll notice that you'll slowly start to uh, balance yourself out and it doesn't become such a problem. And you can, you also start to notice the hyper-independence is a problem mm -hmm. and you do need a balance and mm -hmm. there's a benefit of not being so hyper-independence one of those is being social with people if you're too hyper-independence it's hard for you to socialize with people and have fun with people you won't think much of people and mm -hmm. in your own corner and there's so much uh people can do accomplish especially as an entrepreneur when you socialize with people and talk to people so yeah. i would say introspection and realizing that although hyper independence can be a huge asset to you and mm -hmm. it has been a huge asset moving forward and as you grow older you'll realize it's not much of an asset you know it's a strength that needs to be balanced yeah definitely thank you so much yeah that was an amazing answer Okay. <laughs> See yeah. you in the next episode, I guess. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I had fun. All right. I Thank you so much. Yeah, us too. <laughs> <laughs>